Jackson here alongside the 2017 National League Manager of the Year, Tori Lovello, taking the D-backs who had 69 wins last year to a 93-win season, winning the wildcard game and back in the postseason. So, Tori, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Feels nice. Appreciate that. It's a long road trip. Sometimes it's hard to come back and, and feel that energy right off the bat. Uh, what was it like getting the first home win in front of the crowd here? Uh, I think it was great. It was a great crowd tonight. Uh, with what you said, Gracie, even after that trade deadline where you no longer have Zach Greinke, they had won five of seven games. Hello, this is your host, Olivia Eisenhower, and welcome to this week's episode of the Where We Belong podcast. I'm pumped to bring you one of the bigger mentors in my life out of the Valley of the Sun. So let's get right into it. I'm Jody Jackson. Jody Jackson Ackerley. Ackerley is my married name, but I keep my maiden name for television purposes. And I grew up in South Florida, but I've been out here in Arizona 21 years now in May. It's crazy that it's been that long. But yeah, I've been working at Fox Sports turned Valley Sports for 21 years here. Uh, I graduate of University of Miami. And I also teach a class at Arizona State, Broadcast Voice and Delivery. And really enjoying that, getting to know great students like Olivia. <laughs> And, you know, just every day is still fun for me doing my job. So absolutely love it. Covering the D-backs, covering the Coyotes. I do a show for the Cardinals and just uh, enjoy covering sports and looking forward to some new challenges maybe down the line, but really loving it. Do you mind telling me kind of what your day in, day out life looks like? Because you cut, like you said, you cover several different sports at the professional level so i can imagine it's nuts (laughs) yeah the day parts are a little different so baseball season you know baseball players they show up in the afternoon they get ready and then you have the game so it's all in one part and as broadcasters even though now we're still on zoom with our interviews and things but that's the same for us it starts around two or three game for like a for like a 6 7 o'clock game um so do interviews. The prep though, and everyone in this business knows this, like the prep is nonstop because you're reading stuff and it might, I have alerts on my phone. People probably think I'm crazy, but I get these alerts for everything. I'm not one of those people that shuts them off. And, but I have little doses of info that I need and then I can go back and like actually research it later, but at least I've been alerted. This happened, this happened. So. I mean, that happens in the morning, late at night. I mean, so the research and the prep is kind of all day because it's just as information comes in and then, you know, you do the interviews and the prep and you talk to your producer, talking with my producers, Chelsea and Brock is huge and coming up, you know, and then they're coming up with ideas and then I'm throwing a few ideas up at them. So, and then the game during the game is just observing and scoring the game and post-game, doing the post-game show, as well as the pre-game show, obviously. Um, so yeah, I do the pre-game and a hit in the game and the post-game. And Coyote's day is a little different. They do a morning skate. Um, it's all kind of the same prep that you do and this, and you do your round of interviews and then, but then there's the middle part, which is kind of like a downtime. And then um, then you do the game. So it's still, it's, it's a longer day, but there's a little like, donut in the middle i guess you could say Um, and then you know those are the two main things as far as live shows that i do and then my cardinals coverage i just go to the home games watch the road games and then do a monday morning show is there a specific one that you like to cover more than the other two 
It's tough. I really enjoy all of it. Um, you know, baseball being every day, it's harder and yet it's more satisfying in a way because not everyone is doing that. You know, not everyone is committing that kind of time. Um, and I, even though now my schedule's lightened up a little bit, I have some breaks here and there, but um, so I'm not at the games every single day, but it's just baseball's this like soap opera situation and to really cover it well, it, it's a bigger commitment than I think, you know, a lot of other sports just because it's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. And so even if I'm not working a game, I'm keeping up on what happened and making notes about it, make a note of, hey, I need to ask about that next time, even though I wasn't there. So um, it's tough. I won't say I enjoy anyone more, but the baseball is a little more rewarding in that if you do it well, I just think it's, it's um, not harder, but just more of a commitment to it, so. You kind of touched on, I know you have a son and a daughter, but with all of that taking up so much time, how do you find time to spend time with them and with your husband and dedicate time as a mom as well as everything you see on camera? Yeah, it's very hard um, not traveling because of the pandemic. While it is not ideal for covering teens, it has been nice for family purposes to be home more and at least, you know, I am. There are some weekends, like the last couple of days that I just got through were one of those, I felt like a washing machine, right? You're in it and you just can't get out. Like you're gone early and you come home late and you really don't have any meaningful conversations with anyone. But at least I am in the same home with everybody. I am able to, you know, maybe leave some groceries or leave a meal or something or, you know, do something nice for them. So um it's it's been good and then when i do have a chunk of time off it's been you know very nice to to be able to hang with them and you just kind of catch up on but you know i i guess the last year with the pandemic i i did how would i put it it's not like making up for lost time i guess like you sort of um you know i've been away a lot and working a lot and then you have that time that kind of um allowed me to create that deeper bond with everybody that I wasn't able to for a while. So um, I, I'll take it, right? Like I'm back kind of, I'm back kind of with the crazy schedule, but at least I'll, I can say that I had that time with everybody. Do you ever, do you think that after the pandemic, because like, yes, it's nice to have Zoom a lot of the time, but do you think it's ever gonna go back to, I remember the first time I met you, I was at Paula Bovin's sports broadcasting boot camp, and she was like, this is my friend Jody Jackson, and we were talking to the manager of the Diamondbacks in a press conference. Do you think it'll ever go back to that, or do you think it'll stay on Zoom for quite a while? You know, that's a great question, Olivia, and we don't really know, although I am hopeful that it will either be later this season, but, you know, we're already two months into the season, so maybe it won't be a, something where just, you know, everybody just says, okay, it's hard to believe I'm saying 2022, but yeah, it, it might be like a 2022, let's reboot. Um, but I am hopeful, <clears throat> excuse me, that everything will come back to normal. Now, I don't know if we'll all gather in a clubhouse again or, you know, the locker room clubhouse. It may be something where now it's just going to be like media, a lot like college versus pro. Um, you would know better than I how a college is set up now or, or was before the pandemic even. But 
that was always even 20 years ago you know it's like they would bring the athlete or the coach out to a spot whether it's an interview room or just wherever and you talk with them rather than you know going into where you know kind of their sacred area which is the clubhouse the locker room and you know a lot of media people look at me funny when i say that and say like well it's like you know like we have a stake in that like we own it and like you know i get it the media we've always been allowed to do that but you know we really don't i mean they can do what they want and if they want to change that they can and i really don't care as long as i get to talk to who i want to talk to which right now it's like i can request interviews but it's just harder like whereas before you would just go you have your your photographer your microphone and you can just go and find people and ask them questions and now it's just about scheduling it, which can be a little bit harder. So I, I do look forward to a day where I can interview four or five people in a two hour period versus just one. Do you have a specific athlete that you like interviewing most? Well, gosh, uh, these guys, you know, I've known that this, being in baseball season right now, I mean, I have Diamondbacks fresh on the mind and um, it's funny, I still, we still interview a lot of them just over a headset or over Zoom. Um, Carson Kelly of the Diamondbacks is always very insightful, former St. Louis Cardinal, kind of in, in that neck of the woods. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> um, we just, the Diamondbacks recently picked up, uh, they signed him in April, Josh Reddick, who's a veteran and has been with a number of teams, including a World Series champ with the Astros. Um, myself and Mark Grace, because Mark Grace co-hosts the shows with me, we interviewed him the other day and he was fantastic so he might be a new favorite but you know the team has changed a lot over the year david peralta is great um cardinals wise gosh there there are a lot of guys larry fitzgerald's always my favorite we're waiting on him to see what he's going to do with his career <laughs> and um coyotes wise there are a lot of great guys as well uh really enjoy talking to guys like jacob chikrin and who's a rising star in the league and, um, so there's a few names but sports is so different now it's not like years ago where you know one of my favorites was always kurt warner when he was with uh the cardinals back in 08 09 went to the super bowl and um he was with the team for uh, more than a couple of years. It's just things change so much lately. And maybe it's just these teams that I'm covering, but it seems to turn over more lately than it used to. Do you think, and this is more of an NFL question, but do you think the NFL is turning into, I mean, I, I could argue it already has been this way, but just with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, I think it really puts it under the microscope. Is it really a player's choice kind of league now? Where like you kind like of the NBA, <laughs> yeah. Do you think the NFL is headed in that direction? Do you think Arizona will be victim to any of that potentially? I hope not. What's funny about that? It's funny that you mentioned that because um, Arizona has kind of been the place for disgruntled players to go that they want to go, and it's like all these other players are like, "I want out, I want out," and then everyone comes to Arizona. Like um, you know, I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I mean, J.J. Watt, you know, is a guy that just was on, you know, the Texans, are, we kind of plucked a lot of Texans players, but um, it's become a place that people uh, want to come. It's been that way for a little while, actually, and I don't know whether now it's with Kyler Murray as a rising star could be helping, but I don't know, you know, it's, I don't, I don't want to sound like I want to, you know, shut the players down as far as their their will to express themselves or any of that. But gosh, if 
you know, it is a little bit dangerous because, you know, you sign a contract and, you know, there are things and obligations and loyalties, but yeah, relationships change and that's been going on for many years. I mean, we've seen guys not want to get drafted by a team and have to force that team to draft, to trade out of certain spots in the past, but it's, that's tough when that happens. I hope it's just not the norm, of course. I don't, I don't even like it in the NBA, really. You, you'd like to say, hey, every organization has a good plan. Every organization can successfully draft, sign, and keep players happy, but it's just not realistic. So I hope it's not something permanent. I mean, I think JJ Watt, he posts a lot about Pat Tillman, which I really appreciate. And so it seems like he's really trying to invest in staying in Arizona. I don't know how much longer he'll play. But I, I think people are sleeping on the Cardinals a little bit this upcoming season. I think they're going to shock some people. But well, it's funny because you say sleeping on them, and then others are really touting them. So it just depends on who you ask. And so I think they're kind of in the middle. It's kind of like wait and see a little bit. They do have a lot of weapons on offense. They picked up some good pieces on defense. They're still a little thin at corner, which is you know a problem <laughs> at times. But they're not the only team that's thin at corner. So. I guess because every journalist I've talked to, and I know it's the reason I want to go into journalism so badly, is just telling the stories, not just this is what happened in the game, but this is what's happening behind the scenes as well. Um, what part of that is taken away when you can't do those in-person interviews you were talking about? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to that. Um, now you're at the mercy of what the players let out there, whether it's on their own social media, sometimes the teams post things. The teams have people on the inside now where that was always a little bit of, a, of an advantage is once, once teams, and it hasn't been that long, it's only been like 12 to 15 years ago where teams started hiring their own journalists to cover teams. Before that, it was just people that were not employed by a team. So there was always a little advantage there but now it's very blatant because, you know, they have access and we don't. So, um, yeah, it, it hurts a little bit. And, and you look at other content and you're like, oh, I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. But again, we're all eyeing like a time where I know at our network, we're, we're hoping to be doing more and more very soon. Um, like June, right around the corner here, it's like, that's going to be a target to start doing a lot more original programming and features and things like that. Now, it might not look like it used to, but you know, it is definitely better than what we've had, which is not very much and more than more than a Zoom call. How many times did it take you to s practice like the Fox Sports, Valley Sports switch over before <laughs> it got ingrained in your head? <laughs> you know, I've been asked that a lot, but it, I've been pretty good with it. Um, I don't think I have screwed it up on the air. Uh, I just kind of immediately when we switched, it was like, I just I flipped a switch and it's Valley Sports. So Valley Sports and Valley Sports Arizona. But it was many years with Fox, like about 20. So um, we changed our name a few times. It went from Fox Sports Net Arizona to FS Arizona to uh -huh. FSN. I, gosh, I don't even know. And then we've been Fox Sports Arizona and now Valley Sports. So, yeah, I'm proud of myself on that. Do you know what the reasoning was behind such a dramatic name change? Like the names you mentioned before, I remember the FS Kansas City and growing up with the sports here, but that's a dramatic name change. Do you know why they did that? 
Yeah, so um, I know I know the basic premise of it all. I don't know the ins and outs and the real nitty gritty details, but basically we were owned by Fox, these Fox regions for many years. And then we were bought in, I wanna say 2019. See, the thing about being so busy, I don't get the dates right on the business side because this <laughs> is the business. Luckily, the business side is not something I have to worry about too much. I believe we were purchased by Sinclair Broadcasting in 2019. <laughs> or maybe it was before that and we just switched over. Like, honestly, I'm just thinking about when I had to switch my insurance and when I had to fill out <laughs> some HR stuff, like, you know, just, uh, you know, personal stuff. So it might've been before that, but August of 2019 is when a lot of it shifted, you know, um, for us as employees. Um, but maybe they agreed in 2018, but it, it happened over time, but we knew Fox was selling, you know, and it was first Disney. We were, it was like this weird, like we're Disney for a second and then we had to be sold off. And Sinclair was was able to purchase our regions, and and they already have you know some they were making some inroads with sports anyway. So now, um, you know, definitely a big player in the sports market with all these regions. And the Valley, so basically Valley bought the naming rights. Um, Sinclair sold the naming rights, so that's it's like we, much like many of the buildings around the league and everything, it's 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 a corporate name. So. Valley is just the name we did we for a while I remember wondering like what was it going to be and we just didn't know I I, I did not you know I I didn't really know what it was going to be called so it's Valley do you ever look at what you're doing because I look at your job and I'm like oh my gosh that's a dream but knowing myself I'm almost never satisfied with where I'm at I feel like I need to keep going and keep moving forward do you ever face that kind of situation now? Yeah, I, I think I do. I mean, I, I'm interested in continuing to grow, even though I've been doing this for 20 years, 25 actually. I started in radio. So early in my career, it was when with radio, it was quick reports, reading, reading like, you know, two minute sports casts, WFAN style back in the day. It was like, that was the template for sports radio. And it would be the FAN, oh gosh, I forgot the name of it. They're little to come on and like give a quick sports cast. And then I, and then interviews. And then I did a little bit of talk show stuff. They gave me an opportunity to do that. And, but a lot of reporting, a lot of just, you know, straight reporting. And then I did silent, then I, in the job here, I did a lot of feature stories early on um, for what we called the Arizona Sports Report. And then I got to do sideline for a lot of ASU teams back in the day. So, um, you know, actually doing a lot of stuff that students do now on, on the Pac-12 network and things like that. And, I, and we were Fox Sportsnet at the time was very much entwined with the Pac-10 when it was the Pac-10. So I was doing a lot of, um, we had the tournaments at the state Pac-10 basketball at the Staples Center. I would go cover football up in Eugene, Oregon or Corvallis or UCLA. And so I grew throughout, so yeah, I kind of, I'm like you a little bit, even though I'm older, obviously, but I, I don't like to stay stagnant. I don't like to feel like I'm just doing the same thing. And so I can challenge myself to do more writing and do more feature pieces and, you know, maybe do some play-by-play -play here and there. I've done some, a little bit of high school. Uh, I did a GCU softball game a few years ago. So I've, the problem for me is just finding that time. Like you mentioned my family and then, um, you know, just the daily grind of the job. It's, and I throw myself into like, if I have, you know, every day when I'm going to the ballpark, I say, oh, well, okay, I have to write, oh gosh, I have to write this one feature 
I'll have time at some point. Well, you know, you throw yourself into what you're doing. And when up until the pregame, I'm prepping the pregame. Then I do, then in the game, um, I will say I take time to eat something and I, I'm a sucker for ballpark food. So yeah, I could probably just starve and not go get food or popcorn or anything and write a feature, but you know, you're pretty much immersed in the game and then it's the post game and then you go home and you're, you know, but like exhausted or sometimes I like, I laid out a digital show in the middle of the night, like it was 1am because it was going to happen the next morning. So the, the hard part for me is just finding time to do those new challenging things. If you could go back and tell your younger self some piece of advice or kind of what you tell the students and maybe your daughter now, what would it be? That is a great question. Um, and I, the biggest thing is always for me, I, I think it took me a while to trust myself. And I think that there has to be a time when you're able to do that. When you know you've, when you know that you're right <laughs> and you've prepped what you need to do and you know, as you're doing what you're doing in school or opportunities that you get to do on air, um, there comes that point where you've done your work and you're ready to go on and it's like, Hey, all right, trust yourself and have fun with it and have confidence and let that show, let it shine. And a lot of times that's what kind of holds people back is that they're just tentative and they're not sure. And you kind of, you control that. That's, that's what I want to tell people is that you can control that because if you're getting to the point where you master that subject you're talking about or you know, whatever that game is or that event, you can control how you present that. And, and you don't have to be, you know, if you're sure what you're doing and you shouldn't be going on, if you're not, you know, then just, just go out and nail it, you know? And I think I was a little tentative early on too. And I don't know that it really held me back because I think it's also natural, but I would have told myself that earlier. And also just to just not be afraid to ask those questions. Like every question, any question, you know, and then when you're talking about stories and you know, you want to ask good questions, but also don't be afraid to reach out to people and, you know, ask advice, ask for advice or ask questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. I don't have any other questions unless you wanted to add something. No, I'm, I think I covered a lot of, you know, what I enjoy about what I do. And I'm, I'm glad I really enjoyed you know, having you in my class and teaching you because you were soaking it all in. I saw such progress, even though you started with a pretty good base and you, you know, you, and you love what you're doing. You're passionate about sports and covering it. And so I love to see that. Well, ever since I've been home, my dad looked, we were at a soccer game last night and my dad looked at me and he goes, do you ever stop talking about sports? And I'm like, it's all I take in. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, dad, but yeah, it's, I think passion, it's a fair word. <laughs> yeah, and that's wonderful because that's how I was when I was younger too. And you'll never regret doing this for a job. Um, if there are some people that think they, they kind of think, oh, that'd be cool. And they don't realize you kind of have to live, eat, sleep, breathe, all of it, which for me and you, we enjoy it. We love it. And um, we wouldn't have it any other way. And, and yet, you know, if it's not for you, I will tell others, like, if it's not really for you, you it's such a time commitment that you won't enjoy it. So find what you love and then go and do it. I will. One more question. How do you not burn yourself out? Yeah, you have to take a little bit of time off. For me, it's like these stretches of really intense, a lot of working, a lot of days in a row, or like, for, for example, the D-back season, I did the first 40 out of the four, um, I did 40 out of the first 44 games. 
And in there I had like a, a little sprinkling of like, I worked six had a day and then worked seven had a day. And, but then I got, you know, now it's, it's much more spread out. And so now I work three or four days and then I have like a three or four day break or maybe not four, but like it's, there's a break there. So, you know, it's different when you're in school, it's different rather than being employed and doing X amount of games a year and all of that, but like find time where you can just take time for yourself because <laughs> I say this knowing that like you're in that phase where you're in your go-getter, which is great, but, um, you know, downtime is okay. And you have to, because like sometimes for me, a lot of there's like actual anxiety over how many things am I forgetting today or what am I not doing that I'm supposed to do. And that's not super healthy, but it is, it is normal too. But you know, I write myself a lot of notes. I have a lot of things in the calendar and the phone and it's beeping, it's alerting. And so I'm trying, but you know, there has to be a time too, when you can put your phone down and get away. And I definitely suggest that even if it's for just a couple of hours. And with that, thank you for tuning into episode number eight of the Where We Belong podcast. And I hope you will join me next Monday for episode number nine, which I promise you won't want to miss. But make sure to take some time with your family and friends this evening and the rest of this Monday that you have. And thank those around you also who have served this amazing country in which I know I can't express the level of gratitude I have enough. Lastly, have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next Monday.